the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network. The Browns are not finishing last. Lamar might even get back in that MVP type of talk. When he's on, he's literally unstoppable. Welcome into the first episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This eight-episode series is going to take you division by division to answer every single one of your burning questions about the 2022 NFL season, and we'll do it by bringing in the people that know your favorite NFL teams the absolute best and who cover them every Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll also be joined by Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets to help you set the edge and take home some cash this NFL season. And we're also going to be visited by Matt Williamson, former NFL scout and co-host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, who's bringing you his predictions for each and every division across the NFL. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, the daily host of the Locked On Saints podcast. But throughout this series, I'm going to take you through division by division and visit with over 50 different local experts to get you ready for this NFL season. And to kick off the ultimate pro football preview 2022, we're going to start with the AFC North. Always a very competitive division. The Cincinnati Bengals looking to get back to the promised land, but this time go home with the Lombardi Trophy. The Cleveland Browns have been the story of the offseason. Could their faulty decision-making end up costing them the 2022 season? Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens are looking to get back atop the division themselves, but the Baltimore Ravens have the secret ingredient in Lamar Jackson. To get us started here on the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, it's the AFC North. Make or break. From the AFC champion producing AFC North, we've got a very, very fun division to kick off our Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. So we're going to be chatting about those Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, and of course, the Cleveland Browns. And joining me to do so and to help me do so is going to be Jake Lisko of Locked On Bengals. We've got Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, and Kevin Ostreger of Locked On Ravens. Guys, this is going to be one of the most competitive divisions and is oftentimes one of the most competitive divisions in the NFL. So we're going to start off with the biggest stories from four teams that are all clamoring to get back to the top of their division. But the Cincinnati Bengals, it's a little bit different, right? They're clamoring to stay on top of the division. So Jake Lisko locked on Bengals. What is it that the Bengals have ahead of them in 2022 that you would call their biggest story? Well, you said that the Bengals are trying to stay on top of their division, but really they're trying to stay on top of their conference. They won the AFC last year. They lost the Super Bowl. They would like to win the Super Bowl this time around. Surprise, surprise. Every team in the NFL generally has that goal every year. But the Bengals were just there, and so the story has been, will the Super Bowl hangover have an impact on the Cincinnati Bengals? Bengals fans, Bengals coaches, Bengals players would tell you that Perhaps their wild card, their ace in the hole, isn't really a secret, but is certainly powerful, and that's Joe Burrow's leadership, mentality, and toughness. I would say that his competitiveness, his mentality, rivals the all-time greats at the position, at least thus far in his young career. The guy seems to be consistently unflappable to step up under the brightest lights, and while that wasn't necessarily true in the Super Bowl and the Bengals fell a little bit short, The other part of the equation for the Bengals is what really 
stuck them in the Super Bowl was issues with pass blocking. They could not protect Joe Burrow when it counted. It ended with Joe Burrow getting hit by Aaron Donald. The Bengals had three offensive linemen. They bring back some of the best skill players in the NFL. And with Joe Burrow's leadership, they would like to think that that will be enough. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, fam down here in the state of Louisiana that are going to be pulling for that Cincinnati Bengals team as well. Of course, the beloved LSU Tiger, Joe Burrow, and of course, Jamar Chase also on that roster. But up a little bit further north from me here is this great city of Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers looking to maybe reclaim their spot at the top of the division. Chris Carter locked on Steelers with the biggest story for those Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, clearly it's the quarterback situation, and it's the fact that they drafted a quarterback and signed a quarterback very early in free agency, Mitch Trubisky and, of course, Kenny Pickett. Uh, there's been a lot of fervor in the city of Pittsburgh and all around about Kenny Pickett. He's one of those top-selling jerseys in the country. Mm-hmm. Every Steelers, every time I'm at, I'm at Steelers training camp or a Steelers game, chants of Kenny, Kenny are ringing out. And the, to be truthful, he has delivered a lot. In training camp, the first week and a half, he looked terrible he was getting beat up he he didn't know where he was going but after he got his feet wet he has come through he had three really strong preseason games uh you know did never threw an interception was very efficient in all three of the preseason games but i fully believe even though mike tomlin refuses to announce it mitch trubisky is the starting quarterback for now he's going to be the guy that they're he's used to nfl speed he's used to dealing with week-to-week preparations to get ready for an nfl defense and how defenses will study you and then try to counteract you but they won't be asking mitch trubisky to be prime ben roethlisberger they'll be asking him to say hey you got Najee harris you've got a a good assortment of weapons between deontay johnson chase claypool pat firemuth and they really love george pickens the rookie wide receiver they love that, and they're going to say, "Hey, you let the lean on those guys, let them win on offense, and let the defense carry the team because they still have T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and Miles Jack has been a very good addition so far." That's going to be the balance of the team, but the quarterback room, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky early, but I'm telling y'all, Mitch Trubisky has never finished a complete season where he started every game in his career. Wouldn't be surprised to see Kenny Pickett come in for an injury or just a really bad game where they say, hey, Kenny, here's your shot, and then he does really well. He, I covered him at Pitt. He takes advantage of almost any opportunity you give him. Kenny Pickett has been firmly implanted as the odds-on favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So Ooh. I think anybody putting down on those odds are hoping for exactly that type of situation where he gets an opportunity to at least get in there and maybe prove himself. By the way, George Pickens, easily one of my favorite wide receivers in this year's class. Excited to see what he can do in Pittsburgh. I'm also excited to see what's going to happen with the Cleveland Browns because Jeff Lord of Lockdown Browns, the biggest story around this team, has it already taken place or is it still to come? What would you call the biggest story for those Cleveland Browns? Uh, I guess that would all depend upon, you know, where you view your football coverage. Mm-hmm. If the biggest story on the Cleveland Browns is their roster, then that's what you want to look at. Um, but for six months, we all know what the biggest story has been. Mm-hmm. But for me, this has been the most frustrating thing. And Ross and other people at Locked On know it, it's been trying to play the role that we are unable to p- play, essentially. I mean, what we're trained to do is talk about football. I haven't been able to do that really for a long, mm-hmm. long time covering Locked On Browns. But you look at this team the way it's constructed. Uh, this roster is really good. It's a really good secondary. Defensive line with two of the top pass rushers in the game and young players behind them. An offensive line that has always been strong. A running game that's always been strong. A lot of changes within the wide receiver room and questions with Jacoby Brissett and understandably so. But I mean, if you're asking Jacoby Brissett to maybe play 
a little bit better than Baker Mayfield last year, last year, and this team went eight and nine. That's not really too difficult to ask of somebody like Jacoby Brissett. Um, it's going to be difficult for the Browns in the fact that you're going to ask this defense to do a lot for 11 weeks, 11 games. It's really difficult. And the first six games, when that was going to be the possible suspension, you felt a little, you know, you know, it felt more high. I mean, there, there, there's winnable games on there. There could have been a stretch, maybe where they went four and two, five and one, possibly. But it was that next five games that got added. It's a brutal stretch. It's Baltimore, it's Cincinnati, it's Buffalo, it's Miami, it's Tampa Bay. That's a, I mean, even with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson has a brutal, brutal stretch of games. But Jacoby Brissett just has to understand, go out there and do his job. Wide receivers have to make plays, tight ends have to make plays, running backs have to make plays. But he's going to have to be able to do enough because, as we've ever seen with the AFC North, is the ability of their defense is to say, you know what, we're going to play nine in the box. We're going to play 10 in the box. Uh, find another way to beat us because it's not going to be the running game. Um, Jacoby Brissett's going to have to show that he can do that for this Cleveland Browns team in 2022. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how all of that plays out. Now, uncharacteristically, at the bottom of the division <laughs> from last year, usually not waiting this long to talk to Kevin Ostreicher and things like this, but the Baltimore Ravens. But, hey, Lamar Jackson's back. They bring in some nice pieces. They have one of the best drafts, as they so often do. What would you say, Kevin, of Lockdown Ravens is the biggest story for this Baltimore Ravens team in 2022? Yeah, I think it's definitely getting their pieces back. I mean, what mm. you saw last year was a team that, yeah, finished 8-9 and nine at the bottom of the AFC North. I mean, it is very uncharacteristic. And a lot of it did have to do with injuries. Now, injuries happen all around football. Every team deals with them. Every team has to go through them. But Baltimore lost thousands of yards of rushing you know thousands of yards of passing you look at tackles hundreds of those interception wise they lost Marcus Peters Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins all before the year started about 10 days before the season started so right. they're bringing in veterans off the street like Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray they're now getting these guys back slowly now it's not um, it's not clear that if they're going to be ready for week one feels like they still have to do a little bit of ramp up but the fact that they're getting those guys back is is so important to a team and I think also there's a struggle with depth overall last year. A saying here for the past couple of seasons has been the fact that the Baltimore Ravens always start the year with 50 healthy cornerbacks and they end the year with two. And it's been very consistent in that way to the fact last year where, again, Marcus Peters goes down, you lose Marlon Humphrey too. From their initial roster last year, they only had at one point they had one healthy cornerback from their initial roster and practice squad on their team last year. So it, it was rough for them for a very long time. And I think now with the way the Ravens have built their roster, they have addressed the secondary depth. They've added players at the safety room that makes them one of the deepest safety groups in this league. Offensive tackle was one where they signed out of Hunterville and a waiver to fill in and, and they move them over to the right side and they have to move them back over. And it just did not work out for them. They bring in a ton of tackle depth. So I think the big story for them is how much depth they have brought in. And, and during cut down day, they had to make some tough decisions because of it, but that's a good problem to have for the Ravens. Not bad, not bad. And these are the biggest stories for the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens. Now, let's get to our division predictions. Division predictions. So I reached out to our good friend from over at the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, our flagship NFL show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and asked him to send us his predictions for the AFC North. So guys, before we get your predictions, let's hear what Matt Williamson had to say. AFC North, very competitive division, tough schedules. If we count these down, I'm going to go the Browns at four, Steelers at three, Bengals at two, Ravens atop the division at one. And Cleveland, of course, would be much higher if Deshaun Watson was playing 
17 games. But to wait until week 13 to actually see the field, and that's a 700-day layoff since he played last, I think is really going to derail this football team. Steelers are in their version of a, a rebuild, but they're always going to be competitive. They'll probably hover somewhere around 500. I don't think they're in the playoff hunt, though. The Bengals, I think, are set to take a small step forward or backwards, I apologize, because they had so much success so fast. Usually when teams do that, they take a step backwards after taking about five steps forward the year before. And the Ravens are just the team I trust most right now in that division, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, just organizationally. But they were so destroyed with injuries last year. I mean, a historic number. I don't think that repeats itself. I think they'll be really solid on both sides of the ball, extremely well coached. Lamar might even get back in that, you know, uh, MVP type of talk. I used to like Pat Williamson. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he's wrong, though, Jeff? I think this is no, I mean, Uh, even though the Bengals are second here, I think it's a reasonable idea. No, it is reasonable. And, And my only thing is, and, you know, and Kevin, I'm sure you have to deal with this. It's Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are at the same point contractually in their careers. How is this possible? And how is this not something that you look at the Ravens and say, yeah, if everybody's healthy, they're a good team. But how is Lamar Jackson not a quarterback who's extended in this league? Kevin, are you surprised that Lamar Jackson is not presently extended already? I, yeah, I'd say so. I think that for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they've had ample time. Lamar Jackson's had ample time. But the situation itself is one that I think is pretty unique overall. The Ravens won a contract of this magnitude. You know, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars guaranteed and, you know, upwards of 200 million, whatever you think he's going to get, whether it's 40 million per year, 45 million per year. Mm-hmm. There are a couple things to go into it. One, I know a big storyline around it has been Lamar Jackson is not currently represented by anyone. He's representing himself does not have an agent so again a contract of this magnitude with that you know it it can cause some things to pop up if he can take that team back to the playoffs if he can get them to the AFC championship game or even if he does win the Super Bowl like Joe Flacco does that is again tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars but there is a deadline Lamar Jackson has said there is a deadline for this initial discussions to happen and that is before the season starts I don't think Lamar Jackson's extension is going to be a distraction I, I still think it won't deter them from winning the north if that's what happens so, Chris Carter, do you feel slighted at all here about the Pittsburgh Steelers fitting in in Matt Williamson's third spot? Not at all. Matt and I were sweating out uh, Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College all mm-hmm. summer long. So he, he and I actually well. He, you're right. He knows the team well. And, and look, this is going to be a competitive division. Uh, the Steelers, I think, are going to have a competitive team, like he said. I think they're going to hover around 500. I think they can even be above 500. The biggest thing for me is that you know there's two franchises that will start with their franchise quarterbacks at the starting position this at, at this year, um, you know, to kick to kick things off, and they'll have probably the head start. But again, look out for the Steelers. I say, you know, come November December, they're going to be like hanging around in there, and everyone's going to be looking around like, wait a minute, what what's up with this? How is Mitch Trubisky, you know, even around these guys? Can you pick it? slash Kenny Pickett could happen. And again, I mean, even last year with old man Ben Roethlisberger, they were a half game behind the Bengals to finish the season. I I think they're going to be around that same area in uh, as far as record wise. Jake, let's go locked on Bengals second place for the Bengals. 
It could happen. <laughs> I'm not going to say it couldn't happen. The, the guys that have done this sort of show with me for the last few years know that I will always accept that things are possible. I think that the Bengals could also just win the division. Mm-hmm. And I'll pick them to win the division because they just were runners up in the Super Bowl. And I think the team has gotten better. I think people sleep on the Bengals' defense. They they don't have like the gaudy lead the NFL in sack numbers, but they did hold Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs to three points in the second half twice. And and in doing so, let their offense come back to win games. So I do think it's a balanced team. And I think led by Joe Burrow and improvement on the offensive line, I can still see them easily finishing first. And certainly in the top two, I, I think they're probably still a playoff team although the AFC in general is just an absolute gauntlet this year. Yeah, it's a very, very impressive conference. It kind of dwarfs its brother or sister over in the NFC this year, that's for sure, especially with quarterback play. Uh, Guys, we'll wrap this up real quick with your division finish predictions. We'll start off with Kevin Ostreger locked on Ravens 4-1. to How does the AFC North look at the end of 2022? Yeah, I have this Cleveland at 4, Pittsburgh 3, Cincinnati 2, Ravens 1 with a – Divisional tiebreaker being the tiebreaker between Baltimore and Cincinnati. I have both Ooh. at 13 and four at the moment. So I think it'll be a close race. I, I think Cincinnati's a team that, again, people are starting to say, oh, it's, it's regression, regression. Well, you know, I still think they have a talented roster to definitely compete. I think I think it's a two-team race between the Ravens and the Bengals. No disrespect to, to Pittsburgh or Cleveland, but that's where I'm at right now. Well, let's bring some disrespect over to Cleveland because Jeff Lloyd, for the second time in a row today, Bengals, excuse me, uh, Browns at the bottom of the division. How do you see this division shaking out from the Lockdown Browns perspective? First things first, 13 and four. Uh, look, look, there's no way both teams are going 13 and four. You can tell me. <laughs> you can tell me you think the Browns in their basement, but there's no way the Bengals and the Ravens are going 13 and four against the schedule these teams are playing. I think there's too many questions. Cincinnati Bengals should win the division because I think there's questions everywhere else. We can't just assume Baltimore is just going to throw everything back out there and go back to the team they were two years ago. I think Baltimore would go two. I think Cleveland would go three. Chris, I love you and all, but it's going to be one year back to take a step forward if Kenny Pickett is actually the guy. And 15 minutes from me, Kenny Pickett grew up. You know I'm rooting for him, so this is a tough spot. But if you're not going to start Kenny Pickett, I I don't know what the reason for the Pittsburgh Steelers season is. Get him 17 games. Get him ready to hopefully be ready to go 2023. The Browns are not finishing last. Great segue to those Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Carter locked on Steelers. What's your division finish? I mean, Jeff just came packing the heat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) I just want to remind everyone, when we did this last year, I told Jeff that the Browns were going to regress. He didn't believe me. He thought I was crazy. And then the Steelers swept the Browns. Did you predict broken labrum? Come on. (laughs) Excuse you? When the Steelers' entire defense was decimated in 2020 and they lost to the Browns, you said no excuses. You lost. And so I say the same thing to the Browns. No excuses. You got swept. And then you broke the heart of your savior quarterback that you made first overall and chased him away for a guy that's not going to play for 12 weeks. I think it's going to be the Ravens winning the division this year. I think the Bengals and the Steelers are going to battle it out. I think, Kevin, there will be a tiebreaker in this division, but it will be between the Steelers and the Bengals. I think they split their season se- their season series, and it comes down to division records and conference records and something like that. Because I, I-, I agree with just I-, I agree with you in this. I don't see anyone in this division finishing 13 and four. I think everyone kind of hovers around 11, 10, 9, 8 wins, mm. and and that's how close. And you, the separation will be had in late December when these teams start to see each other for the second time again. So. 
I, I, again, I think the Steelers' defense will keep them competitive. I think the Ravens, with their health coming back, will be a big factor here. Um, but, you know, again, I just I don't see the Steelers finishing last. They've never finished last in the history of the AFC North. I think the Steelers will figure it out eventually with Kenny Pickett. And, again, be right in that mix to kind of be a wild card team at the end of the year. Jake, let's go locked on. Bengals bring us home 4-1. to one. How does the AFC North come to a close in 2022? I don't know if anyone said it exactly the way I see it. I think that I have heard a lot of things that I agree with, though. Unfortunately, Jeff, I think that the Deshaun Watson issue is just going to be too much for the Browns the way the rest of these teams in the division are run and coached. And I do think that the Browns will be the fourth place team. While I have a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin and his consistent ability year after year to take teams that have no business winning games, winning more games than they should, I, I find it hard to count them out. That being said, even not counting them out, I still see that third place finish just because I see Baltimore's schedule being soft. They do benefit from a fourth place schedule, even if everybody has to play the Bucks and the Bills. It's still a softer schedule than, than some of the other teams in the AFC North. This year, instead of the Bengals getting the Jaguars, the Ravens get the Jaguars. And that's probably something that goes in their favor a little bit. All that being said... I, I still can see the Bengals winning this division. So I'm going to go Ravens two, Bengals one. Health is obviously a wild card for all of these teams, but barring massive health disparities like we saw last year with the Ravens, I, I do feel like the Bengals have, at least on paper, the most complete team and the best chance to win the division. The AFC North is absolutely loaded with some of the biggest names in the NFL, including Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Lamar Jackson, and many, many others. Who are the players that you need to know and the new faces that have arrived? We got that coming up for you next as we continue on the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Impact players. All right, everybody, continuing on with the ultimate pro football preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. You got to hear a little bit about each of these teams when it comes to their biggest stories, and each of our locked on local experts here give you their division finish predictions and, of course, reacted to our good friend Matt Williamson's as well. But now we're going to get to the individual part of this conversation, the players that you need to know. Jeff Lloyd, Lockdown Browns, we'll start with you. Obviously, there's been one player out there that everybody's been paying attention to, but who are some of the other impact players, not necessarily the new faces, because we'll get to those here in just a moment, but some of the other impact players that this Cleveland Browns roster has to uh, put out in front of everybody this NFL season? The Browns made some, you know, and this was one of the things with the Baker Mayfield coverage and everything went, everything went on. Uh, the Browns basically told Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Austin Hooper, you want to know what? None of you got it done. Every one of you was culpable to, you know, this team's lack of success in 2021. Moved on from all of them. But you have so many young players growing. Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom. Um, players there who have grown in the secondary, the linebackers, Jeremiah Usakoromoa, and for uh, Jacob Phillips to both be listed as starters, even though this team brought back Anthony Walker, tells you what they think about these young linebackers and their ability to go sideline to sideline and run with anybody. Um, getting Jadavian Clowney back here was key because of the fact that they are just they're the rarest of the rare. And it's for one miles Garrett. There's not a lot of peers you can talk to as far as crazy athleticism, size, length in the NFL, but you can talk to Jadavian Clowney 
and Jadavian Clowney, who's a little bit more of a dissonant player as far as run defense and just the growth of this offensive line. This roster is well-constructed. The key is going to be, can they understand what's required of them week in, week out? There's a lot of good football players on this team, and it would just be a shame if this year turned into be a loss for them. Absolutely. The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, we've heard a lot about Joe Burrow already. Let's go locked on Bengals. Who are some of the other impact players around that roster that help it all go? We've probably said enough about the savior of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the big three a little bit. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, put mm-hmm. them up against any other receiving core in the NFL. And the Bengals fans are going to say they're the best. Now, I know there's some fans that listen to Chris Carter who will probably dispute me even within the division, but the Bengals feel great about their trio of starting wide receivers and Jamar Chase taking a step in year two is something that I'm very excited to see. He was just 21 when he was torching NFL defenses as a rookie last year and a year to refine his craft. No offseason drop woes this training camp. No story about, oh man, the Bengals made a huge mistake drafting Jamar Chase at five. Nobody asking me in the middle of the season, would you rather have had Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater instead of Jamar Chase? Because at this point, everybody knows the answer to that question. So a lot will go through Jamar Chase and his downfield prowess and his connection with Joe Burrow. Certainly somebody worth mentioning for the Bengals. But just a shout out an underhailed and Bengal DJ reader. I mentioned him mm. earlier. Among the best nose tackles, if not the best nose tackle, I think there's an argument in the NFL. And if you want to see him be truly dominant, just go watch him against the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round of last year's AFC playoffs single-handedly on many plays, just destroyed the running game that predicates that entire offense and just woefully an underappreciated player and a big glue piece for that defense. You could talk about Jesse Bates and all the star power there, Trey Hendrickson and his sacks. But for me, DJ Reader on that defense is a massively important piece. And for nose tackles, you don't get enough love. I just want to shout the guy out. This is this is the absolute pinnacle of why what we do here at the Lockdown Podcast Network is so special because not a lot of nose tackles getting a lot of love out there, but Jake coming through for him. And you're right. If, if he gets that push up the middle, that quarterback can't step up. Trey Hendrickson's getting home or not getting home and creating pressure, and then Jesse Bates gets the feet off of a bad throw. Everything starts at the defensive line and sometimes starts right in the interior. And I don't think there are a lot of guys out there that know that better than Kevin Ostreicher watching many, many years of dominant interior defensive line play from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Outside of Lamar Jackson, Kevin, what are some of the other impact players that you would be highlighting over on Lockdown Ravens? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, the big one, obviously. But I think you got to start with uh, Marlon Humphrey, someone who Mm. didn't have his best year last year, was uh, the victim of a couple of Jamar Chase long touchdowns there in Cincinnati and looking for a big bounce back year. And his running mate, Marcus Peters, is looking to come back strong as well. Those two make up one of the better cornerback duos in this league. The Ravens investing heavily in Marcus Williams, a five-year, $70 million safety for them, someone who gives them that rangy playmaker who can play in single high and create turnover, something they really haven't had since that one season of Earl Thomas on the field, on the field. And I think for what, what the Ravens have, also you have Chuck Clark in that room, Kyle Hamilton, who was their first round pick, who wasn't expected to fall anywhere near them at 14. They end up stacking him as well on that defensive line. You have Clayus Campbell, who I think is a big part of that. They bring back Michael Pierce offensive line wise. I think it all hinges on Ronnie Stanley, someone who has missed 
most of the past two years after suffering a pretty gruesome ankle injury against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the middle of the 2020 season and really only played one game last year before shutting it down to have another ankle surgery. He's the heartbeat of that offensive line. You look at the running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. How are those guys going to come back? You know, Jake mentioned a nose tackle. I'm, I'm going to mention a fullback in Patrick yeah. Picard, someone who, again, one of those players that can do a lot of different things to the Ravens lineup all over the field. Project Pat is what he's called here in Baltimore. He, he's a big part of that offense. And, you know, I know the fullback is kind of dying out throughout the league, but the Ravens still going strong with theirs. And also, you look at the wide receivers, Baltimore, again, not known for their wideouts over the course of their franchise's history, but Rashad Bateman, someone who was taking over that number one role for Marquise Brown. I think it's going to be a huge year for him. And obviously you can't forget about Marquise Andrews in that offense too. Someone, one of the best tight ends in the league. And I think the best in 2021. We love the fullbacks. Glad to see teams like the New Orleans Saints and, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, excuse me, the uh, Baltimore Ravens keeping it all alive. We're going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, Chris, we'll go back-to-back, back, like uh, Jordan 96-97 for you on this one. We're going to start off with the impact players around some of the guys that you've discussed the quarterback position so mm -hmm. far. Then we'll come back to you about the new faces. But let's start off with some of the guys that everybody should be familiar with already. I mean, everybody knows T.J. Watt. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. He was the best defensive player in football, really dominant. Uh, I, I see a lot of arguments about how, oh, there's these extra metrics where he wasn't double teamed enough. And then I go through and I look through the specifics of those double team numbers and I say, oh, well, he wasn't double teamed on this play where two offensive players held him while he was getting a sack. And I'm just like, those seem to be very subjective. What's objective is that since he has been in the NFL – the Steelers have led the set the, the NFL in sacks every single year. And that is unprecedented. No one had done it three years in a row, let alone five. And I think that that's led by him, Cam Hayward being up the middle, Larry Ogunjobi being there, I think will be a good depth piece to help with, help with them in the interior. Alex Highsmith had seven sacks last year. I have watched him closely. He has gotten bigger, better, faster, stronger. I think that front four is going to mess up a lot of people this year and continue the sack trends that they that they have. I also think that as long as that defensive line is healthy on the interior, it's going to help clean up the running the run defense. Miles Jack is a name for I think people to pay attention mm. to. People I think overlooked him once he left the Jaguars or even while he was on the Jaguars while they were bad, but he has and what I've seen from him in camp He's going to be a playmaker at the line at the linebacker position, and I think he's also been a really helping, calming piece to Devin Bush. He Devin Bush was on a really good tear before he tore his ACL, and then after that, he had, he was not the same. They, they tried to bring him back last year. He didn't look confident. Didn't look like he he trusted himself to go into the pile and stop the run. But Miles Jack has been next to him in each game. You saw a little bit of progress, and in this last game, he had a real, Devin Bush had a really good fourth down stop in the hole, and it was like something clicked in him. And the Steelers have been talking a lot more positively. They weren't talking positively about him initially. So I think those Steelers linebackers, they're going to be a big factor. And if they, and if those two groups are, they free up what, who I think could be the biggest key and the most underrated piece of the Steelers defense. That's Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. Because that guy had two first-team all-pro safety seasons back-to-back. And it seems like everyone wanted to throw those away because he wasn't making all the interceptions last year because he was making all the tackles last year to make up for the bad run defense. He's going to be allowed to play more of that X-factor safety role, and that's what's going to complete the Steelers' defense with Terrell Austin, the new defensive coordinator who was the defensive backs coach. He's been wanting to find ways to scheme Fitzpatrick into good situations. So those are the names that you're going to remember. Najee Harris, I think, I think he revealed to us uh, that he actually had a Liz Frank sprain in in training camp, and he Oof. said it's 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 since healed. Yeah, which was crazy because they said, oh, his foot was stepped on, but then he didn't practice for three weeks, and we're like, that ain't just a foot stepping on. He was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I lied. Uh, but 
Uh, but in all seriousness, I think he's going to be a key piece to this offense finding balance. You saw it a little bit in their last preseason game against the Lions. As soon as Mitch Trubisky connected on one deep ball, the Lions had to back up off the, the line of scrimmage, unlike how most teams have done in the last two years. That opened up the run game for Najee Harris, and I think there's going to be more of that balance there. So those are your big names. Whether it be from the NFL draft or NFL free agency, new faces are showing up in every city in terms of uh, you know, across the NFL and sometimes have an opportunity to make an immediate impact. So now let's get to the new faces. New faces. And Chris, we'll start with you over with Locked on Steelers. Coming right back to you, just like I promised. Those new faces, if you can give me one on offense and one on defense that have the ability to make an immediate impact, who would those players be? Well, I was going to say George Pickens. He has lit it up. There were some people who were saying he could be the steal of this draft as far as wide receivers go because there were so many that went in the first round, and then they were like, we'll happy to happily take him in the second I tell you, this kid does toe taps. This kid, this kid wins jump balls. He's fast. He's he has great hands. He wins. He blocks everybody. He has the makings to be the next superstar wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not sure if he's going to take over the definitive wide receiver one role because Deontay Johnson's separation really gives him an edge. But I truly think I've seen improvements from Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson, I think, will play cleaner. And George Pickens, that's going to be an interesting trio. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, Jake, they're going to take the reins of best wide receiver crew in the AFC North. But I do think that they're going to be a tough group, and that's going to ease the pressure off the quarterbacks to have to be so pinpoint accurate all the time because I think they'll be able to win some things there. So I'll say George Pickens, and I also say pick him up in fantasy, y'all, because he's going to, he's <laughs> going to be getting the targets. Um, on defense, I said Miles Jack earlier. That would be my new face that I think I'd get everyone excited for. Mm -hmm. But I'd also say Larry Ogunjobi. Um, what yeah. was really interesting was, if y'all remember, Larry Ogunjobi – was part of the Miles Garrett scrum way back when, when he clocked Mason Rudolph with his own helmet uh, back in 2019. Larry Ogunjobi, after the fact, came down and pushed Mason Rudolph from behind, and that was not forgotten. As soon as they signed Larry Ogunjobi, everyone was like, well, we remember that highlight. And that was brought up when he came to camp. And both, both players, he said Mason Rudolph called him as soon as he was signed and said, hey, that hatchet's buried. Let's get to work. Even though that they're not going to interact much during training yeah. camp, he just wants Mason Rudolph took the effort as the as the third quarterback said, "Do not worry about this. We are past this." And it hasn't been a thing. They've taken to like him. The whole team has has, has come to like him. And I think you, there's a synergy out there when him and Cam Hayward are on the field at the same time. It becomes a question: Who do you double team? And that opens up more opportunities for TJ Watt, more opportunities for Alex Highsmith, and it'll open up more opportunities for those guys on the inside. That's where I think the Steelers' strength will come up front. And again, when they're up, when they're strong up front, they'll open up more opportunities behind them in the secondary. And that's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens are very likely to be looking for as well. Kevin Ostreicher locked on Ravens, one on offense, one on defense, the new faces that have an opportunity to make an immediate impact in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I think starting off on, on the offensive side of the ball, you're looking at the offensive line. And I think for Baltimore, they brought in Tyler Linderbaum, a center from Iowa, one of the better center prospects we've seen come out. A little undersized. I know some people are, are a little worried about the size from him, but he he's an athlete. You know, he can move in space and somebody who missed most of the preseason with an injury in his foot after being stepped on and he came back after a couple of weeks. 
But I think for Baltimore, the center position was one that was pretty weird for them overall. They let Bradley Bozeman walk for what looked like pennies after having a pretty solid career in Baltimore. So he's somebody who I think is going to be really important, especially because we did see a couple years ago Lamar Jackson get injured in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills on a bad snap from his center. There were snapping issues for multiple years in Baltimore. So they're hoping to kind of get that position stabilized overall. And then on defense, I I did talk about Marcus Williams, but I'm going to go with the other first-round rookie that Baltimore has there in Kyle Hamilton. I think that he's he's a do-it-all player. You know, he has the range. You can play up in the box. He he does a lot of things for the Ravens and their safety group in general. You have like a big three there in Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, and Kyle Hamilton. And I think Hamilton, you know, while the Ravens do almost tend to favor veterans, it doesn't really apply to some of their higher draft picks who have the skills and the talent and the athleticism that Kyle Hamilton does have. So I think for the Ravens, what they can do with those safeties, they can use 60B packages. They can use the offenses of the line, the opposing offenses. We can use that defense, I think, to be a big weapon for them in 2022. Jake, let's go locked on Bengals. We'll come to you next one on each side of the ball. Might be a little hard to pick because I know that they've done a lot of work on that offensive line. But if you had to pick one on each side, who are the new faces that have the opportunity to make an immediate impact for Cincinnati? Yeah, we can talk about it. First, I'm excited for next year, Kevin, to talk about newcomer Larry Ogunjobi when he completes his <laughs> AFC <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. We're three out of four for Larry. <laughs> Just one more to go. So we'll look forward to that next year. But on the offensive side of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals, you could talk about any of the four offensive linemen they signed. You could talk about Hayden Hurst. You might be stretching a little bit to talk about Hayden Hurst. No disrespect intended. <laughs> I think he's going to have a fine season. I'm going to I'm going to talk about Lel Collins on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. And there are injury concerns. He missed a lot of camp dealing with a back injury that he sustained away from the team between OTAs and training camp. At least that's the implication of him starting training camp on the non-football injury list after he finished OTAs, apparently healthy. He would have been on the pup list if the injury had happened with the team. But assuming that he is healthy, he he was the prognosticator or key participant in several fights with the Rams last week and, and is taking his bodyguard for Joe Burrow mentality and, and kind of showing it in the Bengals' first reps with another team as Lel Collins and all of the Bengals starters didn't play a snap in the preseason. So the closest thing to action they saw was in those joint practices with the Rams. But like I said, going from Hakeem Adeniji to Lel Collins at right tackle is going from a fringe roster player for most teams in the NFL and Adeniji, who mm-hmm. to his credit has taken strides year over year and looks like an improved player in a backup role. Lel Collins is a guy who has played at a Pro Bowl level in his career when he's been healthy. So assuming that he stays healthy, improving the tackle spot should afford the Bengals a lot of flexibility in terms of how they assign their blockers, especially with how much they like to go empty with Joe Burrow's strengths of seeing as many wide receivers in routes as possible. On the defensive side of the ball, not a whole lot going on in the way of newcomers. The starting lineup is essentially identical to last year, except for the departure of Larry Ogunjobi in five defensive lineman packages. He will be replaced This year, they do get Joseph Osai back from injury. Last year's promising Mm third-round rookie who sacked Tom Brady in his preseason debut and then promptly missed the entire year. But for a newcomer, I'll go Dax Hill, their first-round pick at number 31 from Michigan. You talk about three safeties in Baltimore, Kevin, with Kyle Hamilton. The Bengals are similarly pleased with Dax Hill, who got first-team reps all of training camp while Jesse Bates was away from the team at free safety and his alignment in the preseason suggests that he'll be all over the place for this team. And 
the use of three safeties in the preseason for the Bengals suggests that we'll see quite a bit of three safety looks. They like Dax Hill in coverage on tight ends, excited for some Dax Hill, Mark Andrews, Pat Fryermuth, and uh, other tight end matchups this year in general. He'll, he'll be down there covering David Njoku, Jeff, as you put your arms up. David Njoku <laughs> matchups. And, and he'll be all over the field for the Bengals, and that's what I'm pretty excited to see. He is a coverage weapon who can align anywhere in the secondary. He can play in the box. He can play single high. He can play in man coverage in the slot, and I believe outside, although we've seen less of that than him at other positions. So on the defensive side of the ball, excited to see how they find ways to get Dax Hill on the field and see him show off that really good athleticism and sticky coverage ability. It's really exciting player coming through the NFL draft there headed to Cincinnati. And we'll wrap up here with our AFC North preview, at least with our locked on local experts before we get to Lee Sterling to let you know what to do when it comes to all the betting lines with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. One offense, one defense, the impact players, or excuse me, the new faces that can have an impact in their first year in Cleveland. Okay, first things first, the Larry Ogunjobi love fest for this episode has been fantastic. I, I'm actually <laughs> stunned by it and blown away by it, um, but Larry is a good cat, so anytime Larry Ogunjobi can get spoken up, hey, I'm going to tweak it a little bit. Um, Amari Cooper coming in here, this is huge. Look, um, everybody knows about the Browns wide receiver position in the last couple of years. Um, people still at Amari Cooper on Twitter. He hasn't had like a tweet since like 16. He is just <laughs> quiet. He is the Nick Chubb of wide receivers. Hmm. And I think this team drastically needs a guy like this. And hopefully between he and all these young wide receivers, there's a common ground there where these guys are absorbing from Amari Cooper as far as how to run routes, what is expected of you, because that is a key to this team. Defensively, Martin Emerson, it seemed really odd when the Browns' first draft choice this past year was a cornerback. Um, but he's what Greg Newsom isn't. He's what Denzel Ward isn't. He's bigger. He's longer. He enjoys getting physical, and he has the body to do so. Denzel Ward, one of the biggest knocks on him is when he gets physical, it leads to injuries for him. You've had Greg Newsom take reps over the spring in the slot. When Denzel Ward was cleared to practice this summer, hey, if that is the biggest threat, put me on him. I get it. You can do this because of a player like Martin Emerson with his length, with his willing to get physical. We all saw the opening week. The highlights have been there right around the ball at all times. This is a, a guy who can allow Joe Woods to play a lot of nickel, a lot of time, which Joe Woods desperately wants to do. He wants his best athletes on the field. And just a quick one here, Cade York. The Browns are trying to go that Justin Tucker route. I they love, want go Tigers. Points. Go Tigers. <laughs> I wasn't doing this to get Ross excited, but maybe now that I did, we did. But you want this ability to say, hey, it's 52-yard field goal. You know what? We can get these three points. We're not even going to contemplate whether or not we're going to go for it, whether or not we're going to punt. I'll take three points from here. This is a gimme. So, so far to this point, Cade York has looked really, really important. And it's a tough spot for him to be in because a rookie kicker, and he could be crucial here early on in these games. You don't normally want to do that to a rookie kicker. But, you know, for the Browns, they had draft assets. They didn't really going to be able to find players to make this roster. So they went out, they took him. He's He's been clutch. He's been everything they've been asked for. Um, and you know, some of these kicks, they've kind of like gone like Steph, you know, Stephon Curry heat check. Like, all right, go ahead, try 60. Oh, so you hit the upright, but it would have been good from 70. Um, you know, it, it's a new toy for the Browns, and they're going to need every point they can possibly get their hands on. 
Hey, Great rookie kickers. kicker. Yeah, I was going to say, rookie kicker worked out really well for the uh, Bengals, but some good kickers across the AFC North. The honestly. entire AFC North is stacked at kicker. It's <laughs> crazy. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. We'll and do hey, a whole episode tomorrow on it. There you go. <laughs> kickers of the AFC North. <laughs> hey, and when it comes down to those kickers, sometimes those kickers are called upon to win games. So coming up next, we're going to be speaking with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets about how many games each of these teams can win, how many, uh, which of these teams you should be betting on in the AFC North, and much more. For now, I'll say thank you to Jake Lisko, Locked On Bengals, uh, Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers, Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Broncos, and Kevin Ostrucker, Locked On Ravens. Make sure you're checking them out every single Monday through Friday for everything you need on those Bengals, Steelers, Browns, and Ravens. we got more coming up for you here in just a moment on the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bet. All right, buddy, we are setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. You can find Locked On Bets on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast every Monday through Friday, bringing you all of the information you need to make sure you can take home some Skrilla every day with that Locked On Bets podcast. Find it wherever every Monday through Friday across all sports. Lee, you can also find at Paramount Sports on Twitter as well. Lee, we're starting off here with the AFC North the Baltimore Ravens right now favored, according to our friends over at Bet Online, uh, plus one thirty. Cincinnati Bengals plus one seventy. Cleveland Browns are at four twenty five. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at plus eight hundred. Let's start off with your favorite in this division. Well, let's first we got to you know set the stage. It's the oh, toughest yeah. division in the AFC by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, any one of these four teams can win. Now, Cleveland was certainly hurt by the news. You know, you lose to Sean Watson, right? I don't like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's done. Um, being a former college quarterback, I studied quarterbacks, and he was a good backup. And he was he had some moments with the Colts. For mm-hmm. some reason, if you watched the tape on him last year, it's awful. I, I, I don't know what tape Cleveland watched, but I thought they should have gone <laughs> after Jimmy G. They got a lot yeah. of nice talent, but it's one of those teams they just can't find a way to win the big game. And I think they're going to be too far back, you know, by the time they get to Sean. So I, I I would probably lean here for them to not even really be in the ball game here. So mm-hmm. if there's one team I'm almost discounting, it's going to be Cleveland. Baltimore. They had so many injuries last year. You talk about so running backs. You, you lose your top three running backs. Most teams can't compete. Yep. Then they pretty much lost their entire defensive secondary. They were picking guys in off the street. They they guys like Humphreys, Marlon Humphreys, at one point he was there by himself with like five or six guys. I don't even think he knew the names of the guys that were (laughs) playing with him. So then they lose their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. They lost him early in the season. So it was just too much, but I do like them a lot. So I think that they're going to win the division here. I think they're the play here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got teams like Cincinnati who everything fell into play uh you know I also think though even though they're better this year they're better as a hunter not being hunted Mm -hmm. so they might be a better team and just one of those things just every team you know ups their game when you're playing them and then Pittsburgh is an offensive a couple offensive linemen away from really competing their offensive line right last year with Miami was downright offensive 
I mean, they couldn't protect. They couldn't run. Mitch Trubinsky is going to be better because he's a lot more. Uh, yeah, he's able to run the football yeah. and also make more things happen with his feet. But I, I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see Baltimore win the division. Mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh's going to surprise the last week, end up in second. Cincinnati, a close third, maybe make the playoffs. And then I think Cleveland's going to be in fourth place. That's uh, yeah, I I completely agree. I, I love the way that that all kind of shakes out. I, I do think that the the Lamar Jackson factor, of course, is huge for Baltimore. No doubt about that. So when you look at these teams in terms of team wins, we'll start yeah. off with with the with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals here. Right now, they're over under is set at nine and a half. You feeling one over the other there? I think they're probably at nine. Mm-hmm. So not a real strong play either way, but. Um, you know, it was 10 at one point and then mm-hmm. came down. I think there's some smart money there on the under. So I would still lean under, but it's not not one of my strongest plays. Meanwhile, you have the Cleveland Browns, and you've kind of already alluded to it a little bit, but yeah. I assume you're taking the under on eight when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, potentially? I think they're a six, seven win team. You wow. know, it, I think they're going to – you just – you got to have a quarterback in yeah. the NFL. And Jacoby yep. Brissett at one time was a good – backup um starting that i would even think about playing joshua dobbs if people saw him in preseason guy can make things happen and i think he's going to turn the ball over a lot less than Brissett. so don't be shocked if joshua dobbs uh gets the call by week two or three Oh, interesting. So maybe we don't. We only see Jacoby Brissett for maybe a game or two. And then, you know, Freddie Kitchens and them are like, all right, we've seen enough. Right. Uh, we're going to Joshua Dobbs at this yeah. point. So looking over at the the projected winner of the division, the Baltimore Ravens, over-under is set at 10. Uh, you think this is a double-digit win team? I think so. I, I believe so. I think that, like I said, they were almost like the, the Chargers every year with all those injuries. Mm-hmm. And I just think he got frustrated. Their only real weakness is a receiver. Uh, yep. they got great tight end. they got one of the top two, three tight ends in the NFL. Andrews, if you're a fantasy p- player, play him. I mean, yeah. they really don't have great receivers. But um, Lamar Jackson can take this team and put them on his back and, and carry them. And I just think mentally he checked out by mm-hmm. midseason. Just and- he knew that they couldn't get it done. Yeah, and and every mobile quarterback loves loves a tight end because they're usually closest to the line of scrimmage. If you're rolling yeah. out or if you're looking for a little bit of help, those guys are usually right there. So yeah. if nothing else, you're going to get volume when it comes right. to Andrews, right? And then finally, Pittsburgh Steelers, seven and a half wins. Everybody's very excited about Kenny Pickett right now, but of course, Mitch Trubisky is probably the projected starter going in. Obviously, we'll learn a little bit more about that going through, but can Kenny Pickett come in at some point during the season and lift this Pittsburgh Steelers team to above seven and a half wins, or do you think Mitch Trubisky can do it, or is this a team you just sit on for right now? I I, I love this. This is my strongest win total, over Mm. seven and a half in the AFC. I think either quarterback is great. Pop in the tape and watch them with a bad line in preseason, what they each did. So I'm fine with either quarterback. I think they're both – Mitch Jabrinsky was was totally rejuvenated being in Buffalo, took him away from that horrible situation in Chicago. And I think he learned how to deal with it, and he was on a great team. And I don't think he's going to lose it like uh, Big Ben used to on some of his linemen (laughs) when he got sacked. He was about ready to throw the ball at him uh, when he took a – a sack on third mm-hmm. and eight, third and ten. So I'm fine with either quarterback. I, I I thought both had great stats and great poise during the preseason. I think it's going to carry over the regular season. And 
great defense. They make plays. You, we'll talk about mm-hmm. the defense that that can get turnovers. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, big time, big time. Hey, uh, I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you real quick. How do you like? Uh, how do you like Kenny Pickett's odds at uh, rookie of the offensive rookie of the year? You think he's gonna see enough time to potentially get that award? Probably not. No, yeah. but um, I think you probably need to see an injury. But you know, eventually he probably has the most upside mm-hmm. of all the quarterbacks. But um, they're not in any hurry. They might need both of them where that offensive line is. Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah. rolling with my guy, Chris Olave. It might be a little bit of a homer take there for right. the New Orleans Saints, but that's what I'm going with when it comes okay. to offensive rookie of the year. All right, let's look at uh, AFC Championship to win the conference right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the top five. They're at number four at plus 850, but you've got the Baltimore Ravens winning the division. Do you think the Baltimore Ravens could challenge for the conference as well? And the Ravens, by the way, Currently sitting at, let me see if I can get these odds. Um, currently not listed in terms of AFC championship. So, uh, once was, those odds do, be, oh, there it is. There it is plus 900, yeah, plus 900. Yeah, Sorry yeah. about that. Okay. So, that's my play for the conference. You want to take a shot at a team. I mean, everyone's going to tell you Buffalo, you know, it's somewhere between yeah. minus, you know, plus two and 300. But you want to take a shot as long as they're, they're healthy. I think it's the Baltimore Ravens at plus 900. I love the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC. I really do. I yeah. like I like Lamar Jackson for MVP. Like I'm all yeah. about this Baltimore Ravens team. If I'm being yeah. honest, so I'm glad to hear that you're on the same place because at least it lets me know that you know my money's playing a little smart right now. <laughs> right, right. He's, I mean, Lamar Jackson when he's all in and they're healthy, tough, tough out. I mean, you you know you talk about the Tom Brady's and and these different quarterbacks, but when he's on, he's literally unstoppable. Thank you for joining us for our first episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Coming up tomorrow, we're heading down south. Well, kind of. Indiana's not in the south. But anyway, the AFC South. And you're going to get a great reaction from Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans as he takes exception to former NFL scout Matt Williamson's division predictions. You won't believe who he has the Titans finishing behind in 2022. Two. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson, and until next time, thank you to our friends over at Odyssey and to you for listening or watching. Make sure you find the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, subscribe to the Locked on NFL YouTube page to make sure that you don't miss an episode.